reach into your pocket and pull out your phone. Odds are, it's probably an iPhone or a Samsung. I'm not actually spying on you. I just happen to know that most Australians, 70% in fact, own a phone from one of these two tech brands. But why? Does it have to be this way? On today's podcast, we're going to test out the theory that we might all be able to get cheaper phones, dirt cheap phones, if we just dipped our toes into the murkier depths of the internet. And the phones might be just as good. Only problem? The Chinese government might be listening to your phone calls. I'm Liam Mannix. I'm Bhakti Puvanantharan. And I'm Ebony Bowden. And you're listening to Hard Bargain. It's not about how much cash you've got to splash, it's about how you spend it. You're listening to Hard Bargain, a consumer affairs podcast from Fairfax Media. Liam, we all know you're a bit of a weirdo. Oi! (laughs) But after doing a lot of research on the internet, you actually decided to buy yourself one of these cheap Chinese phones. I've never seen one of these before because I just get iPhones every time I need a new phone. B? Yeah, I do the same. The phone company calls me up and they yeah. say, you're ready for an upgrade and I yep, sick. mindlessly follow. You guys yeah. are both suckers, right? Yeah, well, that remains to be seen. <laughs> um, so I'm looking at your phone now. It's Oppo? Oppo. O-P-P-O. Yeah. Uh, it's a Chinese phone brand. Cost me 600 bucks, which mm. is half the price of the iPhone that it's blatantly trying to imitate. Yeah, it looks heaps like an iPhone. It's got the rose gold back like an iPhone. It's got a similar looking camera on the back. Um, you know, the home screen looks kind of like a ripoff of Apple. Um, although it's got a really nice calendar function on the homepage. So you can see what you're doing. So go worth, Oppo. Worth pointing out that I didn't actually want the rose gold. Mm-hmm. I wanted a totally different colour, but this is the risk that I sort of ran when I went on a Chinese website and Google translated it and then bought this phone. And speaking of risks, Liam, there yeah. is another possible huge risk, which is uh, the Chinese government might be listening to your calls. Is well, that right? yes, but we will come to that later in the podcast. Before we do, I, I first want to introduce everyone to the bloke who got us started on this podcast episode, this journey. His name's Chris Southcott. And he's a tech blogger and a tech journal. And when we met him, he told us this amazing story. Chris Southcott, thank you very much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Chris, you told us this incredible story about your visit to Oppo. How did it all start? I was just an internship in Sydney. I do tech blogging on the side, but, you know, it was just like a part-time job, I guess. And I got a call out of nowhere saying, hey, do you want to come to China next week? You get that call, you're saying yes. So (laughs) I I rushed my passport to them. Where in China did you fly to? Landed in uh, Hong Kong and then went through the border to Shenzhen. It's one of these places that's just grown up almost overnight. I'm imagining sort of a city surrounded by, you know, rural farms and rice paddies. And in the middle, it's making really advanced electronics. This area did just grow so quickly that a lot of the things there feel out of place or like brand new. And and we saw a lot of um, computers with people designing phones, like in regular, like 3D design programs. They saw actual iPhones on some people's desks there. These guys were actually sitting there staring at an Apple device and then copying it out into a a 3D design program. That's amazing. Did you get a chance to ask them about that? You know, they usually just sort of tried to dodge that question. They were very much, we were inspired by nature. We were inspired by, I think they said pianos as well. 
Piano. That's where they got their design inspiration. <laughs> and and mountaintops. Um, mountaintops. Yeah. Anything but the iPhone. Yeah, anything but the iPhone. They definitely <laughs> did not want to say, oh, yeah, and also the iPhone. <laughs> Hard Bargain, a free consumer affairs podcast by Fairfax Media. Because there's no better bargain than getting something for free. So like most Australians, I've only really ever heard of the iPhone or like Samsung Galaxy, but apparently there's heaps of these phones out there. Yeah, there's heaps and heaps of brands out there. You guys have had a look at my Oppo. The other one that I want to talk a bit about is a company called Xiaomi, uh, X-I-A-O-M-I. And they're interesting for a couple of reasons. First of all, the review sites that have had a look at these handsets say they're probably better than an iPhone. And they're, you know, 200 to 400 bucks. So these are tech experts saying this. These are tech experts having a look at this phone and going, wow, you can get a lot of value from this thing. We're talking dual SIM cards, 25% better battery life, an industry-leading camera, and it's running the sort of hardware that uh, is top of the line, the sort of stuff that you would actually get in an iPhone. The other interesting thing about Xiaomi is, while we haven't heard of them, they're massive in China. This is a $2 billion uh, annual revenue company, one of the biggest in the world. They're regularly nipping top tech talent from the likes of Google and Facebook. Uh, And their strategy, according to Xiaomi itself, is to take top hardware and sell it on really razor-thin margins. I'm really confused, Liam. In my head, quality equals price. So how can they be making such a high-quality product for so cheap? To find out, we spoke to a bloke named Peter Wells. He's the Sydney Morning Herald's tech columnist. Peter Wells, thank you very much for being with us. No worries, mate. This is uh, really exciting. Peter, you're a long-time tech reviewer. As you said, you've played with a lot of these handsets. Tell me a bit about um, the market. Who's out there and who would you trust and who would you steer away from? Uh, so, I mean, the, the the Chinese market is fairly large. Uh, we've got uh, some of the major players that have made it to this country uh, would be uh, Huawei, which, uh, you know, it might be a brand that uh, pe- people don't really know all that well, but they're actually the third largest manufacturer of smartphones in the world. So, uh, you know, even though you might not have heard of them, they're, they're generally number three after Samsung and Apple. So they're in, in very, very good company. And there's, there's a very big gap between Huawei and third and whoever comes in fourth. Um, so, you know, there, there's Huawei are the big ones. They're, they're kind of the biggest uh, in terms of uh, an outside market outside of China. Within China, uh, Xiaomi and Oppo are two huge players as well. And they, they sell uh, so many units to, uh, to China. So if you're uh, an Australian consumer sitting at home and your plan's coming to an end, would you recommend that they have a look at the, the Xiaomi's and the Oppo's of the world? Is there some value out there? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you can get a really fantastic, uh, well-designed handset um, for sometimes half the price. But you just have to kind of know what you're getting with that. So uh, if you're you're buying one of the kind of mid-range or low-end phones, they might look as gorgeous on the poster or or on the box. But once you actually get them, uh, you know, generally speaking, they've got one of the reasons that they they can be so cheap is they, they might have, you know, a slower processor inside. They might have the processor from, you know, three or four years ago that you found in the, the high end of phones. And, and it's the same with the camera. You, the, the camera in a current Samsung or iPhone is generally 
generally speaking, going to be much, much better than the camera you're going to get in a $300 phone, whether it's a Chinese phone or not. So these are the kind of trade-offs you make. But look, if you're if you're looking at a phone uh, that is just a, a simple phone, maybe for your parents or something like that, or your children, depending on what age you're at, um, <laughs> uh, then, you know, one of these phones might be a, a fantastic uh, purchase, you know. Obviously, there are a whole bunch of different brands. Are there any brands that you would point to to say, well, that's a particularly reliable one, I'd, I'd be looking at that? Uh, I, I definitely think uh, Huawei can be trusted. Um, I think that their uh, their design over the years has just been fantastic. Um, really, really solid phones. And, and they've been making um, telecommunications. Uh, they make everything that you can think of. So everything from modems to to even the, the cell towers that your phone is probably connecting to right now. So um, they know the, the mobile game back to front. Um, I've never had a bad experience with a Huawei phone. Uh, Oppo make really shiny phones, like very, very classy looking phones. Um, they're a little bit slow and, and they, they do tend to um, bear a big resemblance to the iPhone. Some, you know, they're not they're not a very subtle company, Oppo, when it comes to uh, showing what their influences are. So, you know, you can either uh, some people who are fans of the more clean Android uh, look might be a little bit put off by that. The way Xiaomi tends to make their money is is they sell the handsets very cheaply and then on sell um, a lot of services kind of baked into the phone. So, in the same way, when you used to buy a PC, um, it would come with Norton antivirus and that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, you know, Xiaomi phones tend to be loaded with a whole bunch of software that you can't really get rid of um, and that they, they try to get you to use. Um, so for that reason, I tend to not want to jump through the hoops. And the other reason I would probably recommend a, a Huawei um, or an Oppo or an Alcatel is they're all, they've all got Australian offices and they've all got an Australian presence here. So if you do have an issue with your phone, you still got that, that kind of standard consumer warranty um, that you would get on any other smartphone sold in Australia. So that's, that's why I would steer clear of the gray market. I mean, bargains can be had uh, buying locally, so I, I wouldn't bother. Hard Bargain, a free consumer affairs podcast by Fairfax Media. Because there's no better bargain than getting something for free. Liam, how do you feel about your texts to your mum and to us and to everyone you know being read possibly? (laughs) by the Chinese government. Well, my texts are pretty funny, so I'm hoping that the Chinese <laughs> government are getting a lot of lols. But <laughs> it is just sort of one of those things. Like, I talked to Peter Wells about this. In some ways, you know, you've just got to sort of say, well, what do you do? What do you do? I don't know. It's So it's worth it. The markdown is worth the risk. Exactly. For me, it is. Okay, so you're willing to take the risk. You're willing to have the Chinese government listen to your phone calls, whatever else. <laughs> How do you actually get your hands on one of these bad boys? Right, so this is the other tricky thing. A few of these phones are gradually coming into Australia for sale. Like, you can now buy the Oppo from, I think, JB Hi-Fi and I think a few other companies. Stuff like Xiaomi, though, is still really tricky to get. And to do it, you do have to hop on what can sometimes feel like a bit of a dodgy website and Google Translate the page and send them the money and hope, hope that what eventually comes here is your phone. But there are scams, Liam. There are always scams. Right. It's true. If you go searching for a Xiaomi or an Oppo on eBay, there are a huge number of listings that you look at that are a bit questionable. Um, And 
it's really easy to do scams here because these phones were already being sold on dodgy websites on the grey market. Whereas an Apple or a Samsung, it's a bit more reputable. But if you're already willing to stick your feet into the murky depths of the internet, as we put it, well, it's sort of much easier for scammers to get into you. Great. So not only might the Chinese government be listening, but also I might get ripped off hundreds of dollars and have no recourse. Great. I'm just going to stick with the iPhone, I'm afraid. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I changed my mind, Liam. Sorry. (laughs) But you're happy, Liam, and that's the main thing. That's all that matters to us. Thanks, guys. Yes. Thanks. Look, we all know Liam is an outlier, but to prove it, we went and asked some real people on the street if they'd ever heard of these cheap Chinese phones and whether they'd buy one. What sort of phone do you own? An iPhone. Have you ever owned any other type of phone before? No. Why do you like the iPhone so It's just easy to use. And everybody else has got one. Well, yeah, but every- it's easier to use than a Samsung. So what about this? What is it? What do you think? It looks like an iPhone. What does this look like to you? A Samsung? Does a bit. Turn it over. Oh, it's not a Samsung. <laughs> so what does this look like to you? Uh, like a big, actually a mix of an iPhone and a Samsung. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would agree with that, but more like a Samsung, I guess. I don't know. Well, it looks a bit like an iPhone, but yeah. it doesn't have like the round button. Yeah, it looks like, like a fake. So this is a Chinese fake iPhone. So if it cost half as much, but there was a chance the government was listening to your phone calls, would you buy one? No. I don't think so. But the Chinese government might listen to our phone calls. It's <laughs> a little bit weird. <laughs> no, I, I, I wouldn't do it. I, I don't I think do so. It. You're listening to Hard Bargain by Fairfax Media. At the end of every episode, we like to do a rapid-fire segment called Hot or Not, where we talk about what we've been loving and what we've been hating in the consumer world this week. Liam, hit me with your hot. My hot is my mum. My mum bought me an amazing birthday present. She bought me this thing from a company called The Bitters Lab. They're a little Melbourne shop. They set up these amazing cocktail kits. This one is make your own tonic water. I made some tonic water. I had it with a bit of Hendrix and a couple of slices of cucumber when it was 31 degrees. And my life was so much better. Gorgeous. What's your knot? I don't have a knot. My life's too good to knot. You're so merry. B? My knot, as you know, I always start with a knot so I can end on a positive note. Uh, My knot is social media. I'm sick of fake news. I'm sick of people hating on the media. I'm sick of feeling like I need to post all the time. It's just a very fraught world and I'm very excited to take a break over Christmas. Which leads me to my hot, which are mince pies. (laughs) Woohoo! It's mince pie season. I cannot get more excited about mince pies. They're delicious, they're spicy and I love that they've got alcohol in them. I love that they've got fruit, two of my favourite food groups and I just highly recommend you all get festive. I love this is a festive themed hot or not because my hot is actually uh, I'm taking a tropical holiday to New Caledonia oh in a couple of weeks. La-dee-da. Shut up. Um, and I used Qantas frequent flyer points that I had amassed during my trip to America what? earlier this year to um, get a $1,200 return flight on Qantas down to 600 bucks. No. So I could spend more on a luxe hotel. Uh. Um, You're living in the high life over there. Yeah. Well, Qantas Dragon Fly Point, seriously, like if you don't have, if you, you know, set one, set up an account because it's seriously. I can't afford to fly Qantas. 
Well, you can because you get points. <laughs> All right, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> My not is the Australian diplomatic situation that is applying for a passport. I'm going to, <laughs> yep, uh, wow. I'm going to uh, South Africa uh, in a couple of weeks after New Caledonia. I need to apply for Oh, a... my God, your life is so hard. Oh, woe is me. Um, I need to apply for a second passport. It's a special kind of passport, so I can have two passports at the same time. It's a mess. Uh, passports suck. I did this and it took wait, me a wait, month to Wait, wait, who needs two passports? Because it's like a whole, it's a whole big visa problem. I'm going overseas, but my visa, my passport also needs to go off to a consulate somewhere, so I can get a South African visa. Um, Yeah, mess, mess, mess. But you know, it's a great problem to have. Guys, I yeah, (laughs) it is Liam. Guys, I have one last hut. And it's my burning love for this podcast oh, and yeah. what we made. So this is our last episode um, of Hard Bargain for this year. Um, I've had such a good time. Me too. Yeah. And there might be a season two. Stay yeah. tuned next year. Yeah. We hope you've learned something. It's We've had a wonderful time entertaining and educating you, hopefully. News you can use. Yes. Um, if you wanted to reach out to us, we'd love to hear from you. If you had any feedback or anything you'd like us to do again, uh, we're on Twitter at Hard Bargainers, uh, or you can reach us uh, on our email, hardbargain at fairfaxmedia.com.au. And we just wanted to give a special shout-out to all the people that have helped us. Mm-hmm. Um, Cormac Lally, Dan yes. Silkstone, yes. Dewey Cook, Michael yes. Schlechter, The Age Newsroom um, for just trying something new and giving these kids a shot. Love it. Guys, I've had a really great time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening, everyone. We should end this episode with a Christmas carol. Mm. Liam, take it away. No, <laughs> no don't take it away. <laughs> This is Christmas. Oh, that's, what have you that's done? The, that's the saddest Christmas carol. This is the end, mate. This oh, it's end. so depressing. Another year over.